the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we're underway on a Wednesday. It's the 10th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Appreciate you being with us. Yesterday, we did not pledge our allegiance to the United States of America. We made it very, very clear the kind of nation we live in now with the Soviet national anthem. I will not repeat that today, but I believe the message remains the same. And I have a pretty good idea that our first guest, who's going to join me right now, uh, and we appreciate him squeezing us into his schedule for a second time this week, I think he would concur. This is the direction we are heading. I speak, of course, of Congressman Jim Jordan, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, who said in response to the raid on on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago. So, heck, we, we deserve answers now, and this Friday would be a good time. Jerry Nadler, call up Christopher Ray, call up Merrick Garland, bring him in front of the House Judiciary Committee so we can ask him the questions that the American people deserve answers to. That is exactly what should happen. Congressman Jordan, good morning. Thank you for the time. What do you think the odds are of Jerry Nadler heeding that call? Probably not, uh, un- unfortunately. Uh you know, it, but it would be good for the country uh, to, to, to have these guys in front of us and answer the, the, the questions. Um, 
and I'm, I know you've been talking about this, Bob, but truly unprecedented what we've seen. I mean, just think of the last three days. I mean, it was first it was 87,000 IRS agents in a bill that the Democrats passed to go harass American people, American taxpayers. Um, then it was the raid on President Trump's home. And then yesterday, a sitting member of Congress, while he's on vacation with his wife and two daughters, they come, an army general, they come and take his phone. I mean, this is, this is scary, scary stuff, because who's next? Bob France, Jim Jordan, one of the, the, the people I get to represent in the fort. No one is safe when you have this kind of, this kind of action taking place from, uh, from the Biden administration. I have no doubt in my mind at all that I will be a target, that you will be a target, that a whole bunch of other conservatives will be a target. You know, amongst some of the responses to what has happened over the, these last three days, I, I, I saw an MSNBC guest say, you know, the FBI is our federal law enforcement. They deserve the benefit of any doubt in terms of what they did here. And I'm thinking to myself, Congressman, based upon what? What has the FBI what? done to, to earn the benefit of the doubt? Was it what they did they, in, in the collusion uh, hoax? Was it what they did? I mean, over and over and over again, we have seen the FBI targeting housewives and dads who, who go to school board meetings. In what way has the FBI earned the benefit of the doubt here? They've investigated over two dozen moms and dads for simply showing up at school board meetings and supporting their children, for goodness sake. We've had 14 whistleblowers, FBI agents, come to us in the minority, come to us and say, here's the problems happening. They're categorizing, pressuring us to categorize cases as domestic violence, extremism cases. They're, they're coming to us uh, about the school board issue. Uh, I mean, I've never seen that. We never forget Kevin Kleinsmith altered evidence that was taken to get the initial warrant to spy on supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it was uh, MSC, uh, MSNBC contributor Charlie Sykes who said that, and and I agree with you. Uh, they have done nothing to deserve the benefit of the doubt. In fact, they have deserved and earned the benefit of 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 you know our our condemnation. I mean, we have to automatically assume the worst here because they've presented us with evidence of their of their intentions. Congressman, what is the most dangerous aspect of what happened at Mar-a-Lago to you? Is it the the attack on a could be would be? Uh, future political opponent in the 2024 election, or is it the the idea that if they can do that to him, they can do it to us? It's all of that. I mean, they're, they're, you have to view it all. If they can do it to President Trump, they can do it to any one of us, and they're doing it. They're like like we just said, they're doing it to parents. They're doing it to a member of Congress. Um, they're doing it to uh, President Trump's lawyer. I mean, like, I mean, it, it it it. Where does it end? And when you have this kind of just political focused attack and the weaponization of federal agencies against political opponents it's never supposed to happen that way in the united states of america and unfortunately when democrats are in power we see it we saw it with lois lerner back 12 uh, 12 years ago when they when they concocted the targeting we saw it with president Trump. this is just one of many things they've done think about it Congressman, I'm not sure if you're still there, but you've cut out on us a uh, cell phone connection issue. Um, but if you're still there... It's never-ending. We'll... It's never-ending. Yeah, apologies, sir. We didn't hear much of that. Uh, uh, your cell phone is breaking up a little bit on us. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, though. Uh, you and I'm I talk... Talking... Uh, yeah, see, now we're talking over each other because of the uh, interference. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Johnny, why don't you pick him up, please, and see if we can reestablish that for a few more minutes. 
uh, because I don't want to go in the direction we're going right now. It's uh, it's unable to be heard. Um, the 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 re- reason I asked Congressman Jordan uh, which of the, which is the worst, and he's right to say well all of it, but I mean, I I, I kind of. I'm kind of having a hard time myself deciding. Is it worse that the Democrat Party would weaponize the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, Christopher Wray, FBI, et cetera, et cetera? Is it worse that they would try to stop a political opponent that they are deathly afraid of running against uh, just for that fact alone? Or is it worse that this indicates what they would do to the average American taxpayer, the average American conservative citizens? Because very specifically, they target people based on their political ideologies and that's the reason i asked congressman jordan which is more dangerous here what they're doing to president trump or what they might do to us because they will be selective he's back um congressman uh, i apologize we had a whole bunch of interference yeah. here on the cell phone so i didn't hear a ton of what you said but i was just referring yeah. back to the part about they will target me and you and people who are conservative because they've done it before i think leftists right. don't worry too much about eighty-seven thousand uh new irs agents because i don't think they feel like they're going to be in the crosshairs we are yep no you're exactly right and uh you know think about that eighty-seven thousand agents for a second Steve. I, this this always just crossed me because they're, they're going to use your tax money to come after you the taxpayer uh they're going to be they're going to have a leftward bent and the vast majority of those people that they're going to hire to 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 do these audits and these investigations they're, they're, they're going to be working in northern virginia they're never they're going to work remote they're going to be drinking their fancy coffee and they're going to be harassing the small business owner who has to get up and go to work every single day. I mean, that, that's the part that just bugs me. Like here in Ohio, I always say in Ohio, you make things, move things, grow things. You're in agriculture, construction, manufacturing, trucking. You got to go to work. You can't remote work. You can't zoom it in. And these people in D.C. think they're so much smarter than us. They're going to be harassed. And then it gets to. Republican small business owners, that, that is what is so scary about all this. Yeah, it, it really is. And, Congressman, last question for you, and we're having a little bit more problem with the phone there, so hopefully you can hear this one and we'll get an answer. I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday about all of this, and God bless her, she's a saint for listening to me gripe about these things all the time, but I was talking about what they did to Trump. I was talking about the 87,000 new agents. I was talking about $700 billion, uh, almost $800 billion yep. um, uh, spending bill during a recession, and she said, aren't they worried about November? And, and you know, I said they ought to be, but, but it occurs to me, and in fact, last night I saw an article on the Daily Pundit about this. They've stormed the president's residence. They have passed this spending bill during a recession. They're coming after the people with new IRS agents and so forth. It's proof of one thing. The Democrats aren't worried about November, which suggests that the fix is in. I have asked you many times, do you believe we'll have free and fair elections, free of fraud and free of, of, of you know, all of the, you know, many of the same things we've seen in previous elections, particularly in November of 2020. And I know you're doing your best to be positive about it when you talk about we're going to take back, you know, the House and the Senate and so forth. But I am legitimately terrified here that they're doing all of this less than 90 days away from the midterm elections. I feel like they know something we don't. Yeah, Bob, I'm nervous too. And, and again, I apologize, Bob. We're we're we had a detour. We had to drive around here in eastern Champaign County, so it's tough to. Um, are you with me there, Bob? Yeah, yeah. No apologies. I hear you just fine. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We 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 had to do a detour here. Uh, yeah, I do think the way you the way you you show these people how wrong they are and how terrible this is is you show up on election day and remember what happened in Virginia one year ago. No one thought Glenn could, could win the governor in a, in a blue. 
sick of this baloney. We are going to show up. And the way you make a point in this country is you show up on Election Day. That's what needs to happen. We need to make sure J.D. Vance is the next United States senator from the state of Ohio. We need to elect Republicans to all 15 congressional districts in our great state. We need to we, we, we need to reelect the folks on the statewide data. We, we need to do, focus on electing people who actually believe in the Constitution and believe in your First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment due process rights. Focus on that. And if we do that, we're going to be just fine. Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, I hope you get your crack at Chris Ray soon. I hope you get your crack at Merrick Garland soon. They have to come up with the goods, a real, true, legitimate explanation as to why they did what they did, or heads need to roll. And, Congressman, I know you do. Yep. You will do your part in uh, getting to the bottom of this, and we certainly appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, we reached out yesterday to say, hey, will you do a second day? even though he came in for his regular hit on Monday, and we had a great conversation then. But I wanted to get his reaction to what happened Monday afternoon, Monday night, which, of course, was this unprecedented attack, quite frankly, on our country, on our country's um, protocols, on our country's traditions, our country's history, and our country's laws. There are protocols that need to be followed here. They did not do this, and as we have said repeatedly, if they can do this to a former president, what on earth will they have any reason to hesitate in doing to you all right uh so we're off and rolling on this wednesday a conversation with jim jordan broken up a little bit by cell phone interference but i think you got the gist of it we don't have another guest until eleven ten today so two hours from now we're going to talk to jack windsor of the ohio free press or excuse me ohio press network beg pardon and um so that means plenty of time for you to react to what has happened over the last 36 hours or so 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The Okay, 9.22. Yes, I recognize we did our first interview the day before we could do our Pledge of Allegiance. And yesterday, again, I tried to make a point by playing the, uh, the anthem of the nation that we are turning into, the one we are becoming right now with the uh, Soviet National Anthem, the Russian National Anthem. Uh, but today I do want to return to what we need to do, and that is continue to fight for and defend our country as we once knew it and will have it again. So I'm going to ask you now, patriots, to go ahead and rise and face your flag if you have one. If you don't, that is okay. Close your eyes and imagine old glory. If you would put your hand on your heart and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a believer in violating due process rights of American citizens, including ex-presidents of the United States, if you support in any way, shape, or form what just happened, to this country on Monday, then we know you don't believe in this flag anyway, or the liberty that it represents. You may take a knee instead next to your favorite ex-quarterback and your favorite ex-WNBA player who has recently signed a nine-year contract with Russia. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Uh, quickly, before I go to the calls, um, the story that I was talking to Jim Jordan about um, is, is really eye-opening. 
It's Gateway Pundit reporting, and this is on the webpage on alwaysrate.us as well. I've got all of the top conservative links and stories, news and views, all gathered together in one place at alwaysrate.us. That's why I have the website as a companion to the show. And among those is this article in the Gateway Pundit. By storming President Trump's residence and passing $700 billion spending bill during a recession, the Biden regime reveals it is not concerned about the 2022 elections. The fix is in. The Biden gang has no shame, no fear, no morality. These liberal fascists who hate America are doing everything they can to destroy it, and they think they can get away with this because, and by their actions, they're telling us they're not concerned with the midterms. The only reason they would not be concerned with the midterms is if they truly know that this is not going to be a legitimate, fair, fraud-free election. It's going to be another Democrat special. Now, how they conduct that, I don't know. By mail-in validating, universal mail-in validating in different states, I don't exactly know. But I think this article raises a very good point. Because my wife brought it up to me. When I was talking to her, I was, I was ranting in the house. Sometimes she tells me to turn off the show, Bob, turn off the show, meaning my own. Because sometimes I go into rants just in conversations in my house that I would do on the radio. And I do get, get a little carried away from time to time. And I was talking about what they did to Trump here and the ramifications of that. And then I was talking about the IRS agents. And I told her about the you know uh, general, the, the, the uh, biggest cross-section of people that are going to be targeted by the IRS for new audits is people making $75,000 a year or less. This is going to crush middle-class America. And she said, aren't they worried about the, the November elections? And I stopped and I said, no, I don't think they are. And, and, I, and I struggled to kind of explain why. And then I saw this article on Gateway Pundit. It's because they kind of think they know they have it in the bag. They know something we don't that the fix might be in, that they already have plans on how to make sure they don't lose the majority in this midterm election. I mean, because you would think that raising taxes on people, hiring new tax agents to make people's lives miserable, new IRS agents, 87,000 of them, uh, spending $700-plus billion in a recession while inflation continues to eat us alive, then showing that they don't care about the rule of law as they go after Donald Trump with a raid on his home, that this would outrage Americans and make them turn against these heavy-handed authoritarian Democrats, and it would kill them in the election. But they're not afraid of being killed in the election because maybe, just maybe, they know the Democrat or the Democrats already know uh, that the you know that the game is is rigged, that it's in the bag. There's no other explanation as to why they would run these risks right now. It just doesn't make any sense. Sally is in Berea. Sally, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. I've been worried for months and months about shenanigans with the election integrity because the states aren't being careful enough, and we have to watch it like an eagle. But the reason I called was about the FBI raid on Trump's private residence, unprecedented overreach, and just very egregious. And my first thought was, it's a fishing expedition. And I agree with you and Mark Levin and many others that they were looking for stuff on January 6th because they haven't come up with anything substantial to prosecute him on. So they're just trying to find some technicality that they can bring up. Hopefully, they'll go empty-handed because he really didn't in sight or there was no insurrection yeah and no, I, I think the, 
I think you're right, Sally. And let me jump in here because I, I think it's important to point out, um, you know, that the the FBI has long had a mantra, and I can't remember who coined it and phrased it exactly like this, but their belief is, you show me the man, and I'll show you his crime. In other words, if you give me the green light to investigate somebody just in a general sense, without an accusation, an indictment, or anything else, or evidence, I will dig through and comb through their life until I find something they've done wrong, something something they've done illegal that I can use to destroy them. And I think that's what's happening here with President Trump. They don't have anything specific uh, on on you know archives and records and and classified documents that were taken. They don't have anything specific on uh, on January sixth with which they can indict and prosecute him on but if they get his records and then can just start digging we'll see if we can comb through and find something that is going to be considered a product of our our legitimate warrant search and then we can charge him on those things so it's you show me the man and i'll show you his crime is what they're trying to do with him and they're trying to um scare conservatives into being quiet and it's not going to work we're going to speak out and we're going to peacefully protest but they can't get away with this we have to um take action well your last statement is very very important like sally thank you for the call you're you're so spot on who on whom did the irs or to whom did the irs direct their attention in 2011 when barack obama came in and weaponized the irs against what against 912 project organizers against tea party groups and organizers against anybody with conservative sounding names in their titles that were applying for tax exempt statuses 501c3s or fours all they did was target people who were conservative and and loud about it so if that happened in 2010 and 2011 after we won the uh, midterms with the uh, with the uh, tea party in 2010 if they did that then you better believe conservatives are worried right now that if I am too loud, if I'm too vocal about my opposition to Brandon and my support for Trump, they're going to they're going to sign agents to come for me. They're going to comb through social media looking for patriot, looking for conservative, looking for right this, looking for liberty that. They're going to come for people who are uh you know opponents of theirs from a political perspective. You better believe they are. And you better believe it's going to scare some conservatives into silence. I'm going to delete my account so they can't see what I've said. I'm going to delete my Facebook or my Twitter so they can't see that I'm a Trump supporter. Because I'm afraid they're going to come for me. And you know what? I hope you're right, Sally. I hope we will not be deterred. I hope we will not be afraid. I hope we will, in fact, become louder and louder so that we can run these people out of their ill-gotten power. And once again, return this country to a free Liberty-driven republic. I'll be right back. Delivering you from the depravity of the radical left. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. Pretty staggering stuff that we're dealing with right now. Um, we all have reactions. Everybody has a thought on what just went down at Mar-a-Lago. Everybody has it. And if you did not hear this part, Congressman Jordan talked about it briefly because we only had him for a brief period of time this morning. But Representative Republican Representative Scott Perry, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, said that the FBI seized his cell phone yesterday. 
seized it. Didn't ask to look through it. Didn't present a warrant for it. Just came and took it. Perry was approached. No, I beg your pardon on the last part. I, I, I want to correct myself here. They approached with a warrant. They did not tell him what it was for or what they were seeking. So they did approach him with a warrant for his cell phone, according to uh, what Perry said yesterday. He was traveling with his family, and he reported that, quote, in a statement to Fox News, quote, This morning, while traveling with my family, three FBI agents visited me and seized my cell phone. They made no attempt to contact my lawyer, who would have made arrangements for them to have my phone, if that was their wish. Uh, He also said, quote, I am outraged, though not surprised, that the FBI, under the direction of Merrick Garland's DOJ, would seize the phone of a sitting member of Congress. My phone contains info about my legislative and political activities and personal private discussions with my wife, family, constituents, and friends. None of this is the government's business. He went on to say, As with President Trump last night, the DOJ chose this unnecessary and aggressive action instead of simply contacting my attorneys. These kinds of banana republic tactics should concern every citizen, especially considering the decision before Congress this week to hire 87,000 new IRS agents to further persecute law-abiding citizens. And that that word is key. Not prosecute, but persecute. And then, if need be, if the, if the urge strikes, then prosecute. Although no motive for the seizure of Perry's phone has been reported, this is where I made the mistake and said there was no warrant. They, just, they said there was a warrant, but they gave no indication as to what they were looking for or why. The Philadelphia congressman has been a target of the January 6th Select Committee for months. He was the first uh, House member the January 6th Committee sought testimony and documents from, including all, quote, relevant or electronic uh, or electronic or other communications, end quote, that Perry may have had with Trump and his legal team. So that at least lends a little bit of a clue, I guess, as to what they were truly searching for in Trump's home. Um, and, and, and a lot of people said, well, it's about the National Archives and classified documents. Others said, no, it's about January 6th. Well, we don't know that. This might give us a clue that it is. If they raid Donald Trump's home on a Monday afternoon slash night, and then on Tuesday they go to Scott Perry and seize his cell phone, and Scott Perry was one of the original and first targets of January the January 6th uh, unselect committee, then maybe it makes it pretty clear that they are going after Donald Trump uh, for January 6th purposes. Now, we know, of course, the entire January 6th committee is an attempt to go after Donald Trump, but you understand my point, that if an indictment is coming or if they're trying to find whatever they can to uh, to charge him with something, it's going to be not over classified documents and the National Archives, that it's going to be over the what they call the January 6th insurrection. So, you know, Lord knows. But again, they may just be sifting through his stuff to see what they can charge him with. By the way, Peter Kersenow, uh, I want to say thank you to Peter. Peter Kersenow is listening to the show. He called in during the uh, bottom of the hour news break to correct me because I actually to educate me because I said I don't know who said this. I couldn't remember who it was. I thought it was somebody associated with the FBI or past. He said, nope, but it's pretty close. It was somebody associated with the KGB. Uh, Peter called me to say that the quote that I was giving, show me the man and I'll show you the crime, actually came from Laverti Berea. Laverti Berea 
was the head of the NKVD under Stalin, which was the precursor to the KGB. And this was done at a time when basically they, well, I mean, what did they do under Stalin? They, they just killed political enemies and undesirables, and they did so by the scores. Um, and did I, do I need justification for this? Yeah, I'll find, uh, I'll find a crime on every single person you show me, and that'll justify us killing them. But at any rate, uh, this was the former head of the NKVD, the precursor to the KGB under Stalin. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. And now the KGB of the Soviet ways is now the FBI in Biden's America. And basically with Donald Trump, show me the man and I'll find you a crime that you can convict him of. That's where we stand. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Mike is in Berea. Mike, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. What does Jimmy Damore, Frank Russo, Mayor Onawar, and Jim Chaffin have come? Uh, you tell me. They, their houses were already raided by the FBI. Mm-hmm. They were tried and convicted for federal crimes. So rest assured, you talk about the rule of law. There's something going on at Donald Trump's house, and the FBI are aware of it. Give it a few days, I'll say within 30 days, he will be indicted, and everything will be put out on the table. I don't know, it's the first thing people say when it's a police-involved shooting. Why didn't they just comply? Why didn't Donald Trump just comply? That's the rule of law. Wait, 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 wait. That's exactly what the problem here is. Donald Trump was never given an opportunity to comply. Donald Trump was never asked for documents, asked for boxes of things. He was never subpoenaed for any of those things. They never said, we need to, uh, uh, to appoint a special counsel to investigate to see if he has anything. These are the protocol steps that, according to literally every, including on the right and the left, every legal scholar has been telling us for the last 48 hours. Those are the things that you do before you, as a last resort, go raiding a home with a warrant uh, and walking in and telling the attorneys you can't be there, you must leave. They don't go through the stuff on the premises. They just cart it all away. He was never given an opportunity to comply. They went with the sledgehammer first. So what are you talking about? So I guess you got to have the same argument with Jimmy Damore and those other politicians too. So I'm going to pivot into... Well, no, 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 no. What you're going to have to do is make some sense because you're making none. What is the comparison between Jimmy DeMora and Donald Trump? They broke federal laws. How do you know that? You just convicted Donald Trump because the Blue Windbreakers went to Mar-a-Lago again by breaking all legal protocol? You just convicted him by that? You, you just declared he well. broke federal law. You just declared he broke federal Tell me, Mike and Maria, educate yes, us. Sir. Tell us what everybody else in America is wondering that you apparently know that we don't. Tell me, what federal law did Donald Trump break? I have no clue, but they then have Then you stop calls. calling radio stations and sounding like an idiot. You don't call a radio oh, show now, and say now, Donald Trump's... Now you're going no, no, to no, try. Mike. 
Mike, now, you just you declared. Assault, no, no, no. Now you're trying to assault me. No, no, Mike. No, Mike. You insulted yourself. You sound like a jackass. You call, because you, you just you, you just said. Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Mike. You're done. You just called and said Michael or Donald Trump broke federal law. Question to you. What federal law did he break? Answer, I have no idea. Then how do you declare that he broke federal law? You just slandered a man. You just slandered a man. You defamed him. If I was Donald Trump, I'd take people like you, and I would sue you into, into the poorhouse. They did that to Kyle Rittenhouse, too. Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer. Wait a minute. Kyle Rittenhouse has not been convicted of anything. Kyle Rittenhouse was shooting somebody in self-defense as he was assaulted. He's a murderer! Well, guess what? CNN now owes Kyle Rittenhouse around a quarter of a billion dollars. You don't get to declare somebody guilty of a crime just because you say so. You don't get to do that. And you don't get to do it while speaking with authority and saying it's just like Jimmy DeMora. Really? Yes, sir. That is jackassery of the highest order. And I have no problem calling out jackassery when I see and hear jackassery. Stephen Collinwood is next. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good, Steve. What's on your mind? Uh, I'll tell you what. First, I'll tell you what Trump's crime was. It, uh, he won the 2020 election. And, you know, it's <laughs> what... That, that, well, no, his know, original he crime, hey, hey, his original crime was winning the 2016 election. That is when they, <laughs> that is when they really you know, came for him. That's when the FBI started targeting him. It was the FBI under James Comey, but it continued under Chris Wray, and it is, of course, expanded under the new Attorney General Merrick Garland. But, yeah, his original crime was beating Hillary Clinton and defying all yeah. the odds and upsetting all of the grand plans of the leftists who are hell-bent on turning this country into, to, into some sort of globalist hellhole yeah it was hillary's turn right so uh, i'm thinking of an alternative motive as to why uh, they went in there um they and what they were looking for something and they took everything but and uh trump has not yet uh, uh revealed uh, the search warrant which lists what they're looking for and the fbi won't has not released any affidavit of, of you know when they went to court stating what they so but i think that he may have had some information on them or someone in the in the regime something and and they they may have been given marching orders to go you know he might have been holding something for like an october surprise i wouldn't put it past him you know i'm sure he's defending yeah. himself in, in, in and so i'm i'm just saying got to consider that today that they may be looking for something that that they're afraid that he has. You know, he might have got his hands on a secret, and it could be, it could be secret too. It could be a secret defense treaty or a, a memorandum of understanding or anything like that, or diplomatic cables. So he may have. You know, there's plenty of people defecting from the left already. They're sick of it. So you never know. That's what. Yeah, I you you, you raise you gotta, a fair you raise a fair point and a fair question. And thank you, my friend, for the phone call. Um, one thing that we did get reported on the raid on Monday night is that they took things. I think the word was uh, indiscriminately. Uh, I might be a little off on that, and I apologize. It was something like indiscriminately. In other words, they were not very specific, looking for a particular item and leaving things behind. They just took everything they saw. 
is is kind of the way the description, right? That you heard, I I heard it that way. Uh, they pretty much took everything that they could find. So it made it very clear, at least in that you know, from that standpoint, that it's more what I just described than it is a targeted search. It's a show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Find every single document that he has in that place. Find any and every little piece of information that we think might be valuable, and then let's comb through it and find a crime. And that should terrify you. That should terrify you because they can then send the same Gestapo-style secret police to look into your records. Come into your home, your office. What do you mean you're a conservative activist? We'll see about that. FBI, open up. They threaten parents. That's what Jim Jordan and I talked about. They threaten parents who come to school board meetings with that. Treat them as domestic terrorists. If you go to a school board meeting and if you complain too loudly to a school board and if you criticize them or if you raise your voice to them, they will then call it, quote, intimidation and harassment. And if you are accused of intimidation and harassment, they want you turned over for a referral to the FBI as a domestic terrorist. And why would they do that? Because then the FBI can blue windbreaker themselves to your door. Open up. We want to see what you have going on in your home. What do you mean? You are on the list as a potential domestic terrorist. We have a right and a warrant to search your property. And, oh, by the way, give us your phone, give us your computer, give us your passwords. We're going in to find what we can find. You understand that? You understand how dangerous that is? That happened before what happened to Trump. That is exactly what the same man who is responsible for doing this to Trump, and I'm talking about the Attorney General himself, Merrick Garland. This is what Merrick Garland, through Joe Biden himself, agreed to do in order to placate the teachers' unions who were getting sick and tired of parents stepping up and saying, do not teach my kid to have new pronouns. Do not teach my kid that he is a a girl when he's actually a boy. And do not teach my kid that he's an oppressive racist because he was born with lighter skin than the kid next to him. You're not teaching that stuff. We won't have it. Teachers' unions said, the hell we won't. Watch us. And look what we can do. They went to the AG, they went to Biden himself, the National School Boards Association, uh, wrote that letter saying, hey, will you please come and get these parents out of our faces? They said, sure. If they'll turn the FBI against parents complaining about what's going on in schools, you don't think they'll turn the FBI against you? Watch and see. And if it isn't the FBI, it will be the IRS. 87,000 new agents joining the existing 77,000 agents. What do you think they're there to do? 9.54, I'll be right back. Okay, 957. We'll move on now to Strongsville. Tracy, waiting on AM 1420, the answer. Hi, Tracy. Go right ahead. Earlier you said that it seemed like a feasible explanation for why they did this was because the gig is up. The election is going to be rigged in November. That was the first thing that popped into my head. None of it makes sense. None of it. Why would they commit suicide like this? And why would they arguably 
push Trump out of the way, who I would vote for. I'm a Trump supporter, but I would be more than ecstatic if DeSantis ran because he brings less divisiveness. This would open the door for DeSantis, who I think walks it. I mean, I think he's a shoe-in to win the 2024 presidency. Why would they not want Trump to run versus DeSantis, in my opinion? It's a great question. Biden even said that. Biden said something like that at his signing ceremony for the chip the chip bill. Uh, he said something like it would be the best thing in the world or something like that if I got to face that same man again. He, he was alluding to 2024 if Trump was to run. So he was basically saying the same thing, that I would love to face I, Trump again because of the divisiveness and it might keep people away. Of course he would love to face them again because they already know he's going to win. They already know they're going to win in November. So then that's my question to you. If that's the case, because all polls are showing that we should take everything back in November, right? We're, we're right. good. If, if it doesn't happen, what do we do then, Bob? Because it seems like it's all stacked against us. And we are sitting here in a situation where there's not many options of what we can do. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. I think all of the eggs are into the November basket. And I hate to say that, and thanks for the call, because you know the old adage about putting all your eggs in one basket. If there's a hole in that basket, you're done. Now you're done. Um, they really are. I don't know what Plan C would be. I really don't. Plan A was winning in 2020, and that was taken away from us. Plan B is hold the line, tread water until 2022, take the midterms, and, and start to undo some of the damage. What would Plan C be if we lose the midterms? I don't know. I'd have to ponder that, and I don't want to ponder that, but it's something we better start pondering because, yeah, they're acting as if they are not afraid of losing in 2022, this November. Uh, their actions over the last three or four days prove that. Thank you, Tracy. Great phone call. Back with more after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. Documentation lock. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two, now underway, 10 minutes after 10 o'clock on AM 1420. The answer. So Wednesday, 10th morning of the 8th month, year of our Lord, 2022. Do the thugs on the American left know something we don't know? Why are they acting like they don't have anything to worry about in the November midterms that all polls show the Republicans winning and winning big? What do they know? Why would they, just 90 days out, 90-ish days out from the midterm elections, which are going to determine whether or not they can continue to advance the most radical far-left agenda in the history of American politics? With all of that on the line, why would they raise taxes and, and commit to $750 billion of new spending on climate uh, uh, policies that most Americans have no earthly interest in. They have no concern about whatsoever. They know full well what's going on. They know full well that 97% of American industry is run on oil. They know full well that fossil fuels will continue to be used, even if some sort of green energy 
uh, utopia that the left envisions was to come forth, they would not be able to stop using fossil fuels. Why would they run the risk of alienating Americans who are not concerned about climate change, but who are concerned about their their taxes, who are not concerned about climate change, but who are concerned about what their grocery cart looks like, who aren't concerned about climate change, but who are concerned about what their uh, uh, electric bill is, what their utility bills are, who aren't concerned about climate change, but are concerned about the price of clothes as the kids go back to school and they got to put their kids in new clothes who aren't concerned about climate change, but are concerned about why that ta- that uh, pump is still running. Why is that number still climbing at the gas pump? Holy cow, it should have been full at 40. Why am I up to 49, 50, 51, 52? Why is it still going? Americans are concerned about a lot of things that affect their day-to-day lives. The climate is not one of them, nor should it be. But yet here they are, passing $750 billion worth of spending, uh, the bulk of which goes to climate. Why, 90-ish days out from the midterm elections, would they hire 87,000 new IRS agents with the goal of squeezing every nickel out of every single uh, middle-class American taxpayer and small business owner? Why would they do that? Why would they sick the IRS on the populace that they need votes from? Less than 90 or 90-ish days away from the election. Why would they do that? Why would they alienate even moderate Republicans and some Democrats by taking the unprecedented step of raiding a former president's home? looking for things that they very easily could have asked for, subpoenaed, or or hired a special investigator, special counsel to investigate. The way they've already done to Donald Trump how many how many different times. Why would they go to raid his home, alienating a whole lot of people who are worried about the fact that if they can do that to him, what will they come after me for? Why would they do this knowing that they have to win the votes from these people in November? Why? And the answer to the question might very well be because they don't have to win the votes of all of these people. They don't have to win the votes of the people who are going to be squeezed by the new agents. They don't have to win the votes of the people who are uh, unable to fill their grocery cart within the, their regular weekly budget. They don't have to win the votes of the people who are watching the, the, the numbers continue to climb at the gas pump. And I don't mean climb. I know the gas prices have gone down over the course of the last few weeks. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that it's still almost $2 higher than it was when he took office. And what should have been a full tank isn't full yet because the numbers continue to climb on the pumps. They don't have to worry about getting votes of those people. Why? Could it be because the fix is already in? Could it be because... The Democrats already know that the same type of fraud that they used in 2020 can be used and will be used again. This is crazy. Gateway Pundit writing, Americans must get to the polls in November, but what may be underappreciated is the election process is ripe for fraud. We know this because this is what happened in the 2020 election. The corrupt Democrats know this, and this is why they're so blatantly bold in their actions right now. We learned in 2020 that the U.S. election process is broken. Voting machines are designed with gaps where bad actors can manipulate results and elections. And there's charts, by the way, 
uh, in this article by the Gateway Pundit, which you can read as well on my webpage right now. It's alwaysright.us. But there are charts that show, identified by IT and AI experts in Georgia, how this is done. In the election process, the results of the elections can be altered by bad actors creating new batches, deleting batches, and publishing batches. The machines are certified by agents who aren't even accredited properly themselves. Ballots are allowed to be handed in before and up to election day in mailbox-like containers labeled ballot drop boxes. Anyone can throw ballots in these containers. There's no management of them. No management of ballots received, and therefore ballots can come from anywhere. These drop boxes were used in some states despite being illegal in those states. Voter rolls are inflated with God only knows how many names on voter lists that aren't even real. Huge percentages of these voter rolls are not legitimate, but again, nothing is done to address this travesty and to ensure only valid voters are maintained on the rolls. The Democrats have machines that can be manipulated, processes that are ripe for fraud, and inventories of bogus names they can use to support a steal. We all know this can happen because it did. And there were no repercussions for those who did it. It looks like fascist Democrats are planning to do it again. They will because they can. And they have done it before. That's um, Gateway Pundit. And i got to tell you, I, I, I have no answers for some of those questions. This may be exactly right. How can you just literally violate your own pledge not to raise taxes on people uh, making under $400,000 a year? How can you raise their taxes? How can you uh, uh, intimidate and, and scare the, the bejeebers out of them by coming after them with 87,000 new agents? How can you make them wonder if they're next if you can go and attack a president in his home like this? How, with all of the stakes that are, you know, in, in play here, with the stakes being as high as they are, how can they do this, you know, less than three months from an election? And the only answer is they already know the election's in the bag. It's a legitimate question, and it's a legitimate consideration. Our good friend Khalid Namar is a guest host on this radio program. He is also just a full-on patriot. Uh, he's also in Brooklyn and on the line right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Khalid, how are you, my friend? I am well uh, under the circumstances, my brother. Um, I, it, it, one thing that makes me want to shoot my television is if I see another Democrat on television talking about no one's above the law. Every time I hear that, Bob, I actually want to go like full Mike Tyson because apparently people are above the law, and we see it. We see that Democrats are above the law. Hillary Clinton's above the law. You know, uh, Pelosi's above the law. Uh, Adam Schiff is above the law. They've all done things to break the law over the last couple of years, and it's no big deal, not to mention several others. What about Eric Swalwell? He's above the law. So when they sit up and look in the camera – with a straight face and say this over and over again. And they do this type of stuff they did yesterday with the FBI raid because imbeciles who just called your show are going to say things like, oh, well, you know, it must be something going on in Mar-a-Lago. After several years of an exhaustive Mueller investigation, which cost, what, $70 million, after two impeachments, after a January 6th circus trial, he thinks now there's some kind of smoking gun at Mar-a-Lago. This is the kind of imbeciles who sit in front of the television and this is the kind of imbecile who votes for a Joe Biden. This is why I've been all over the state. I've been literally all over the state, knocking on doors, talking to people, getting our people motivated and ready to go out and vote. Because we have to get in this fight because the left cannot hold power. 
We see what they do when they hold power locally. They destroy a city. You're going to have poop in the streets, and you're going to have criminals out running around killing people. The left cannot be in power, or else you will not have a society, period. And for all these fake, principled Republicans, and I tweeted Mitt Romney yesterday. I don't know if you read it. Don't care. Mitt Romney, uh, Adam Kinzinger, uh, Jeff Flake, uh, and several others who were so principled when Trump was in office. Now they have nothing to say about anything at all. They were all principled because they wanted to be liked by the mainstream media. So they, the cheapest shot you can take is at Donald Trump if you're a Republican, because you know you're going to be the toast of the town. You're going to be getting interviews. But they have nothing to say about anything that's going on now. I checked all their Twitter feeds. None of them had an, uh, a response on this FBI raid. Not one of them. The principled constitutionalists, they're fakes. And, and what's worse than a bad Democrat is a fake Republican. And Republicans are bad when they don't act like Republicans. Democrats are bad because they're Democrats. That's well said, by the way, at the end. Uh, going back to what you said, I concur about everybody that I see and I read. This is their new, this is their new talking point. You know, it's kind of like Putin's price tag. They come up with these things and they, they, they communicate it. They come up with it in the DNC or maybe in the Oval Office or wherever it is. And then they, they, you know, communicate this to the, to the media and they communicate this to the legislature. And every Democrat is told this is what your new hashtag or your new, your new talking point is. No one is above the law. Making it seem as though this is something that only Donald Trump believes is that people are above the law. Everything you just said uh, and every name that you just mentioned, you you skip the one that I, I get. The face that pops into my head every time I hear or read one of them say no one is above the law, the face that is in front of my head that pops into my brain is that of Hunter Biden with a crack pipe in his mouth. Oh. Yeah. I, it, I mean, literally, that is the first thing that I think of every single time. And I think to myself, wait a second, no one is above the law. Did you, did you, have you read any or, or heard anything about the verified contents of Hunter Biden's verified laptop that literally lists countless numbers of federal crimes, including felonies committed by Hunter Biden and involving, yes, his father, the President of the United States. As they sit here and say no one is above the law, Hunter Biden walks free. His father walks not even questioned about um, all of the information that was on uh, that that is on that laptop, the tweets, the texts, the the, the comments, the communiques, all of these things, Khalid, are 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 there, and and no one will even acknowledge its existence. Even a year and a half, or yeah, roughly, roughly a year and a half after this whole thing came out, and they initially denied it, saying it was all Russian dis- disinformation. Now that it's been uh, verified by everybody, including those on the left, they still refuse to pay any attention to it, all while telling us, infuriatingly, as you just said, that no one is above the law. It's, it's, it, it's very, very hard to deal with. Well, that's because the media, and, and none of this could, could take place, Bob, without a vile, corrupt, dishonest, in-the-tank media. I, I've kept my Twitter account simply so I can insult them on a daily basis because they make this possible. Uh, they just go on to the next lie. They have a lie locked and loaded every single time, and they, they go to the next lie. They go to the next story. They go to the next uh, distraction. This is what they've been doing for six years. When the Russia collusion thing collapsed, the very next day, if you watch the mainstream press, they went to health care. They have a lie and a distraction already in waiting. Yeah. So imbeciles who sit in front of the TV who are focused on Trump 
can go to the next distraction. And this is why we have what we have. This television, this media institution is so vile and so corrupt. They keep lefties who are, by definition, lemmings, uh, occupied with nonsense. They overload you with non- it's nonsense overload. So I'm going to tell you what we have to do and what I've been telling people. Our politicians, once we get the House flipped, they have to get in there and start punching them in the mouth. I don't mean they break laws. I don't mean they turn into Democrats. But you have to use their tactics. When you got a pitcher that throws high heat at your batter, what is your pitcher supposed to do? He's supposed to go right back at the other team. That's what happens. That's how you play the game. That's right. In boxing, which I coach, the guy hits you low and the referee doesn't do anything about it, you start hitting the other guy low. That, that'll fix it. So what I'm saying is I don't mean you, 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 you turn into full lefty by uh, you know, having Soviet-style investigations. No. But what you do, you go after every single person who has violated the law, and that includes sitting senators and people in the FBI that need, need to be cleaned out. It is absolutely disgusting to know that we point fingers at China, we point fingers at Russia, but what is the difference between them and our current Democrat Party? Well, not, not much. much. Not much. Yeah, no, you're you're right. We, we do. We point. Uh, they don't point fingers at them. Nancy Pelosi literally said uh, a couple of days ago that China is one of the freest societies on earth. China, oh, wow. which which literally oh, wow. today, did you hear that? She she no, literally said that yes, that China is one of the freest societies in the world. This wow. is a country that still has that literally right now has concentration camps that have slave labor camps that have execution camps that welds people's doors shut in Shanghai to keep them in their homes because of a virus and they don't want them commiserating with anybody else. I mean, Wait, literally Pelosi said this today. Nancy Pelosi said this. I want to say two. Two days ago. Hold on. Wow. Hold on. Hold on. Wow, I'm good. I, I, I was trying to search while speaking to you uh, without mm-hmm. making it obvious. Uh, my search was successful. Here you go, just since you haven't We heard still it. support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't take it from me. That's from Freedom House. China oh is one of the freest societies in the oh world. Don't take it for me. That's from Freedom House. And and hold oh on. By the way, it, it, the the China the, the the country of China is run by the communist uh, Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. And she also said this. Let's it's talk a, strong a little bit. Democracy, yeah. courageous people. It's a strong democracy. It's a communist nation that she just called a free society and a strong democracy. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing that the only reason Paul Pelosi was driving so drunk that night is that Nancy was drunker. That's the only thing I can think of. She was was more, she was deeper into the bag than he was because I got to tell you, I don't think she's sober, uh, you know, three hours a day considering what she says publicly. You saw what she also said about why she has a strong connection to China, didn't you? No, I did not. You didn't see this one? This one was this no, one was before that, and it was better than this. And I probably can't search this one out now because I'm coming up to the news here. But I'll just tell you what she said. She said that when she was a little girl and she would play in the beach and play in the sand and would dig holes in the sand, that her parents told her, you know, if you dig far enough, you can reach China. And that's how I have a strong connection to China. Nancy Pelosi is as sharp as a bowling ball. Um, this woman is... Nothing comes out of her mouth is ever intelligent, 
And this is why I get motivated because we I cannot sit by and listen to this without doing something. I, I challenged everyone, don't give up hope because some of the people out there I've talked to, they've given up hope uh, with our Republicans. They're, they're upset about the wine. I say we have to get control of our legislators. We have to keep pushing, keep fighting, or else we are all going to be San Francisco. Uh, yeah. That is my motivation, to keep Ohio from becoming like California. Uh, That's why I, I fight, Bob. Hey, hey, Khalid, before you hang up here, I was successful again. Here you go. When I was a little girl, I was told at the beach if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. So we've always felt a con- connection there. When I was a little <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, boy. Uh, I tell you. If you dig uh, a I... hole deep enough, you can reach China. So we always had a connection to China. That's the connection. Is I dug holes in the sand when I was a little kid, and I, yeah. they told me I could reach China. So, boy, I love China. Uh, well, I'll, just say three, I'll just say three things to you. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi. That, um, is the, that, is the, that is the bullpen of the United States leadership right now in secession. Very, yeah, that's that's frightening. That is frightening. Uh, hey, Khalid, it's always great to hear from you, brother. Thanks so much for weighing in. Thank you, brother. All right, 1028 News Time. Now we'll come back with more calls on Always Right Radio. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Always right radio with Bob France on the answer. 1037 now. We continue on Always Right Radio on this Wednesday. Jack Windsor, Ohio Press Network, going to be joining me at uh, 1110. Jack's putting overtime in. We talked to him on Monday, then yesterday on plan because of what happened at Mar-a-Lago on Monday. We talked to him also yesterday. And now today, he will be with us for his regularly scheduled hit. Uh, Jack is going to be with us each and every Wednesday at 1110 now as we continue to uh, touch base with him on what's going on in Columbus. He is, of course, our State House reporter, as well as being the founder of the Ohio Press Network. So we're looking forward to a conversation with Jack. Um, this raid that was conducted on the justice De- or by the justice department on uh, mar-a-lago simply must be justified uh terrific piece in the washington examiner by their editorial board process demands that law enforcement must convince a judge that they have probable cause to believe a crime has been committed before a warrant can be issued to search someone's property we have no doubt the fbi met that bar before they searched former president donald trump's mar-a-lago home monday Politics, however, demands that the Department of Justice must justify the time, the resources, and the tactics used by the FBI when enforcing federal law. It is entirely unclear if the DOJ can defend their unprecedented search of a former president's home for what appears to be document retention malfeasance. Every day the DOJ fails to explain why the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago is absolutely necessary is another day the agency loses more of its already strained credibility. And I'll stop there to say Merrick Garland hasn't so much as sneezed since this all went down on Monday. It's Wednesday, and he hasn't said a word. He is the Attorney General. The FBI is under his purview. Christopher Wray is under his purview. And he has said nothing. You talk about strained credibility. 
The FBI showed up unannounced at Mar-a-Lago 9 a.m. Monday morning. Agents wore street clothes so as not to alert guests at the Florida resort. Secret Service admitted them to the property without incident. They left around 6.30 p.m. with dozens of boxes which were taken to the South Florida FBI field office. The search warrant had been issued by a federal judge in West Palm Beach based on evidence obtained. By the way, that federal judge, if you did not know, was a big-time Barack Obama donor. He had also, in his practice as an attorney, um, defended and worked with several of Jeffrey Epstein's island visitors in various criminal cases. Don't know what that means. Just want you to know who he is and that there might be some very questionable uh, or, or let's rephrase that, some strong questions about his motives. Based on what Trump, Trump had turned over previously, FBI agents believe there were more classified documents being unlawfully stored at the resort. If these classify, it is these classified documents the FBI seized Monday. There have been no reports that anything seized was related to the January 6th plot, at least not yet. Now, I'll stop there to point this out before I go back to the phone calls. First of all, the fact that they then came after one of the uh, first targets of the January 6th select committee the next day, Representative Scott Perry, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, they came after him and stole his cell phone from him, seized it on a warrant. The day after the Mar-a-Lago thing indicates that maybe it is January 6th related as they go through these documents looking for something on Perry's phone or in Trump's boxes of documents that they can use to indict him and thus stop him from running again in 2024. That's what I believe this, this entire thing is about. But another element to this that has to be considered is uh, the FBI is, a, is now a weapon. It used to be a law enforcement agency in the hands of Democrats, both back when Barack Obama was president and now that Joe Biden is president. The FBI has become a weapon. And if the FBI can be used in such a way against a former president, what can the FBI do to you? We consider, I asked Jim Jordan this very question. Is it more concerning that they did what they did to a former president to stop him from being a political opponent, which if we just ended the discussion right there would be, oh my goodness, it would, it would just be unimaginably inappropriate. It would be misconduct. It would be criminal. But it doesn't stop there. The other half of that, in addition, it's like they want a twofer. They, they get a twofer here. We can stop Trump from running again and thus being our biggest threat and the biggest pain in our necks and thorn in our side. And then number two, we can send the fear of God into the conservatives, telling them we're coming for them next. Maybe they'll shut up. Maybe they'll stop resisting. Maybe they'll just let us do what we want to do and, and make this country as they see it better. I think there's a two there's a two pronged agenda here. One is stop Donald Trump. Two is stop the conservative movement. Stop them from talking. Stop them from 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 organizing. Stop them from coordinating. Stop them from donating to Republican and conservative causes. Because if we see that they are, that's who we're going to target with our eighty seven thousand strong new IRS workforce. And why would we not believe that, given what was done to conservatives? In 2011, after the Tea Party was formed and led to the massive victory uh, in the midterms in 2010, uh, while Barack Obama was president. Okay, TJ's in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ, go ahead. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, a few years ago I was telling my friends with the way this country is swinging to the left, I could see the day like Nazi Germany where the cattle cars will show up in front of people's houses and start herding them. 
you know, onto the cars. And, you know, this would just fit into the left. They want to get rid of all the cows because of the flatulent problem, so they'll free up a whole bunch of cattle cars to start picking all of us up. And, and you know, that one scenario you made about them being uh, confident they're going to steal this election, and that's a distinct possibility. But there is another possibility that they know they're going to lose. So they're going to try to ram through as much as they can of their left-wing agenda before the midterms. And that's a distinct possibility. And one other quick point to J.D. Vance. Mm -hmm. I hope Vance isn't sitting back thinking because he's in a red state, he's going to win this thing. I got to remind them of the 2020 election where this red state unanimously voted for Donald Trump, but they also reelected Sherrod Brown. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, and thank you, my friend, for the phone call. Uh, obviously, and that, well, that was 2018, by the way. That was 2018 uh, that that, that uh, Brown was reelected in that in that election, uh, in that midterm. Um, but here's the thing uh, I'll say about uh, the first part: <sighs> President Trump. Um, actually, you know what, TJ? I apologize. I'm I'm a little distracted because I just saw this come across my screen, and I want to read this to you. Thank you for the call, TJ. President Trump has invoked his Fifth Amendment rights in a deposition for New York Attorney General James, Letitia James, civil investigation. James opened the investigation into Trump's business dealings in 2019, one of countless numbers of investigations that um, that Trump has been targeted with. And this literally just crossed my screen. So I, I want to jump into this, and I apologize for the distraction. Former President Donald Trump said he invoked his Fifth Amendment rights per the advice of his attorneys during his deposition as part of New York Attorney General Letitia James' civil investigation, calling it an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt, adding that he had, quote, no choice due to the Biden administration and prosecutors across the nation having, quote, lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency, end quote. Trump was set to sit down with attorneys from the state attorney general's office behind closed doors just days after the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago home as part of an unrelated federal investigation involving National Archives and Records Administrations and classified materials the former president allegedly took with him from the White House to Palm Beach, Florida, when he left office in January 2021. In a statement Wednesday morning, Trump said, What Letitia James has tried to do the past three years is a disgrace to the legal system an affront to to New York State taxpayers and a violation of the solemn rights and protections afforded by the United States Constitution. I did nothing wrong, which is why, after five years of looking, the federal, state, and local governments, together with the fake news media, have found nothing. We cannot permit a renegade and out-of-control prosecutor to use this investigation as a means of advancing her political career. New York deserves better, and this country deserves better. This is a vindictive and self-serving fishing expedition, the likes of which our country has never seen before. The United States Constitution exists for this purpose, and I will utilize it to the fullest extent to defend myself against the malicious attack by this administration, this Attorney General's office, and all other attacks on my family, my business, and our country. I once asked, why, this is a long statement from Trump, and I want to give it to you all to you, so please bear with me. I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt, supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. If there was any question in my mind, the raid of my home, Mar-a-Lago, on Monday by the FBI, just two days prior to this deposition, wiped out any uncertainty. I have absolutely no choice because the current administration and many prosecutors in this country have lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency. 
He added, accordingly, under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. Wow. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a heavy development. Uh, you can see why I was distracted now. So President Trump, who has said what many people, myself included, have said, if you have nothing to hide, why would you uh, assert the Fifth Amendment? And as he's pointing out here, now he knows why. Because there are some things that they can do to you, uh, that of which you are completely innocent, though, that anything that they say can, can open up another can of worms in which their um, you know, politically motivated witch hunt only goes deeper, uh, that you really need to listen to your lawyers and do what they tell you to do. And he said he's told them very directly uh, to assert his Fifth Amendment right. So that's another example of the targeting we've been talking about. What a game changer. What a game changer. Navy man Norm is next in Strongsville. Norm, go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. Yes, Norm. Uh, the name Ryan Autzer, A-U-T-E-N, you have to look it up. He is an FBI agent who has been involved for the last six years from 2016 into every FBI plot against President Trump. It seems that Mr. Auten is also the same FBI agent that shut down the October 20. 20- 20 investigation of the PC laptop from hell. This is what the whistleblowers reported to Senator Grassley. He's also the same FBI agent, Mr. Ryan Auten, who helped frame General Flynn. And Mr. Ryan Auten was the same FBI agent that coordinated the Igor, I think his name is Dolachenko, Russian uh, with the dossier. He has been involved in Every single plot against President Trump for the rest last six years. This is from the Epic Times. I don't know if you ever read the Epic Times. I do. But they oh, and I, okay. and I know who he is. Yeah, I know who he is. Was there something specific though, Norm, that uh, about him right now that we need to be aware of that you're calling about? Oh yeah, I would think that this guy is probably involved somewhere along the line in the seizure of all these documents from uh, President Trump's home. I really believe that they have their they're number one man, and I don't know why the Republicans aren't saying squat about it or doing something about it, but it scares me from the standpoint that comes uh, November 8th, they're going to go up to their old shenanigans, maybe they're going to declare martial law, maybe they're going to put us in a lockdown because of a monkeypox phony pandemic, but I agree with you. But I think this guy, Ryan Auten, they need to look after him. Seriously. Well, I, I tell, here's here's my thought in response to that, uh, Norman. I appreciate your phone call. Thank you, my friend. Um, I, I I bet he's not alone. There are a lot of agents that were probably a part of the Russian collusion hoax, uh, the FBI spying and surveilling on the Trump campaign in 2015, 2016, then the Trump presidency in 2017. That were probably part of the same FBI, uh, you know that 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 is targeting him here. That are that, that are targeted. We're targeting him as part of uh, the January sixth committee. Um, I'm sure he's one of several guys that are, in other words, that have been uh, uh, holdovers. Uh, it's, in other words, it's probably not new agents. It's not a new team of agents that are targeting him. The FBI. So, in other words, what I'm saying is, I don't care about Brian Auden. 
uh, any more than I care about, you know, Jane Smith. If you're an FBI agent and you're engaging in this political persecution, it's a violation of your oath as a law enforcement officer. And I don't care who it is, and I don't care if they were all about the, you know, if they were part of the last investigation or they're part of this investigation. To me, Dan Bongino said it best. To me, and I quoted him yesterday or paraphrased him yesterday. He said, I was an agent. He was a Secret Service agent. And he said, I'm sick and tired of people saying, well, don't blame the rank and file. Just blame the leadership. He said, when I saw the leadership going off the rails, he said, I quit. I resigned as an agent. Because it, 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 I have a duty and I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and do what is right by the law. And not to carry out personal political vendettas, et cetera, et cetera. So he said he left. He said any agent that is willing, and I don't care if it's this Brian Auden character or others, any agent that is willing to do something that they know is in violation of either the law or the Constitution, but they're just afraid of their superiors or they're afraid of getting sanctioned or being fired or whatever, he said they, they, they deserve whatever they get. They should all walk off. They should all be held with the same or viewed with the same scrutiny as the leadership. Don't let the rank and file get away with doing what they're doing by just saying it's not our call. We're just the rank and file. And I'll make another analogy. It's going to be a little bit out there. Um, but I, I, you know, look. The rank and file in Nazi Germany committed the atrocities. Hitler didn't go down there and do them himself. Heinrich didn't do this himself. Goebbels, Goebbels didn't go down there and do things. They, they, they designated horrific tasks to the quote-unquote rank and file. And guess what? The rank and file is just as guilty for carrying them out as the individuals for ordering it. Now, I'm not trying to compare the atrocities of the Holocaust to what, what's going on here. I'm just trying to say, if you are ranking, I don't care if you're a postal worker, a rank-and-file postal worker, a mail carrier, who is told, hey, take these particular ballots that you see from a particularly red or conservative area and toss them in a dumpster. You can't just say, well, it's not their fault. They just did what they were told by the superiors. You have to blame them, too, for following what they know to be an unlawful order. So I'm not trying to compare the 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 um, the um, I don't know what the word I want to use here is. I'm not trying to compare the severity of these crimes. Obviously, there's nothing quite like the Holocaust, uh, and certainly, you know, a postal worker doesn't compare to that. But do you see the connection I'm making? If you are sworn to a duty and your superiors order you to violate that duty or your superiors ordered you to do something that you know is wholly wrong, you have a duty to not do it. You have a duty to to ignore that order. You have a duty not to violate the law and violate people's rights. That's the point I'm trying to make here. So the rank-and-file FBI agents here who are carrying out the actions of their order of their uh, uh, superiors are, are just as guilty for following the orders as the superiors are for giving them. That's the point I'm making. A little bit of a struggle to get there, but you understand. All right, two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Right back. You and I know. 
And do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward into hour number three now, nine minutes past 11 o'clock on this, on this Wednesday, the 10th morning of the 8th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. A lot of very good phone calls, a lot of very good discussions on what the state of the country is right now, given the targeting of a former president by political rivals who are in power right now, given the targeting of American citizens, and in particular, conservative American citizens, who are going to feel the full weight of 87,000 new FBI, or excuse me, IRS agents, on top of the 77,000 that already are on the job, in order to audit and squeeze every nickel that they can possibly get out of, in order for them to continue their radical, wild, socialist spending ways. So we've had a lot of great discussions on that. We will continue to. But right now, I want to have another discussion about a number of different things going on here in the state of Ohio and perhaps beyond. Jack Windsor back with us once again. He is the founder of the Ohio Press Network. He is also our State House correspondent covering things in Columbus for us here on AM 1420, The Answer. For the third straight day, Jack Windsor, good morning, my friend. Thanks for coming on again. Good morning. My grandpa always used to say that, you know, the heart grows fonder in absence. I hope the reverse is true this week. It's good to be back. <laughs> well said. Well said. Your, your grandfather was, uh, was a wise man, and I hope the reverse is true as well for our listeners. In fact, I know that it will be. That's the reason I have you on. Jack, a uh, lot of ground to cover. When you and I first spoke on Sunday <clears throat> about coming on this Wednesday today, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, doing this on a weekly basis, which is what we're going to do now. Every Wednesday at 1110, we're going to get your, what you like to call the 1803 report. We're going to get your, uh, latest, uh, news and stories and, uh, analysis of the same. Uh, we spoke about talking about Biden's, uh, jobs report. Last Friday, uh, Biden got this great jobs report in which 528,000 jobs were created and they were just using this to flex and to beat their chests. And, 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 you know, push back on the narrative that, uh, you know, we have two, two negative GDP quarters in a row, therefore we're in a recession. He wanted and they wanted to make sure everybody knew about this jobs report and the employment data. But as you wrote, or the Ohio Press Network wrote, um, there's some missing context there that he did not want you to know about while he uh, pounded his chest about this. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so he tweeted twice. One, mentioning the 528,000 jobs uh, that were added in July. And then a second tweet was about the unemployment rate being at what he called a 50-year low, 3.5%. And is often the, as is often the case with what Joe Biden says, sometimes we have to parse his words. So I looked into some information over the past 50 years 
um, how many people had lived in America. And when you look back, uh, the population 50 years ago was 213 million, and today it's 335 million. So that's 122 million more people, an increase of 57%. So you go, huh, okay, there's a lot more people. So kind of makes sense that more people are working. And then you take a look at double-income households. That's uh, two people in a household working, right? That number was about 48% in 1972. Today it toggles between 53% and 58%. And so you go, well, that's not an exponentially larger number, but, you know, math's tricky, right? (laughs) Uh, Percentage multiplied by a larger number is always bigger. So 53% of 213 million is 112 million. And uh, 53% of 235 million is 177 million, so almost 65 million more people. And then you start to go, well, okay. So we have over uh, 120 million more people and 64 million more people in the workforce. Well, it kind of makes sense that that more people are working now than ever. And then you throw in what I would call that, you know, third piece uh, of evidence, which is that COVID shutdowns uh, caused the greatest exodus from uh, the workforce since the Great Depression, 20 million people left their jobs between April and June of 2020 alone. And then all of a sudden you go, well, okay, so people are going back to work. There are more people working and there's a larger population. So it kind of takes, I don't know, some of the credibility or credence out of that claim that, hey, we added 528,000 jobs in July. Well, yeah, 20 million people left the workforce in April of 2020. And I think um, the interesting part that the Biden administration didn't mention is that the Bureau of Labor Statistics said, well, yeah, uh, when you look at non-farm employment and unemployment, we're actually just returning to close to where we were in February of 2022 at pre-pandemic levels. You know, it, it, that's great that you did that work and got the context. For me, the last part, I think, is the biggest part, because I've been saying this really ever since Biden started beating his chest over, not just July, but, you know, since the beginning of his presidency, as the numbers have come back, if people have come back to work, they continue to say strongest job creation, um, you know, in, in American history or in recent American history, et cetera. And it's just so frustrating because none of those jobs are being created by the economy. None of those jobs are being created by anything the federal government is doing uh, to facilitate job creation. What these are is a whole bunch of people who are laid off are being called back because, you know, of the forced shutdowns by mostly, almost exclusively, big blue state Democrat governors, or in Ohio, a Republican governor who acts like a Democrat. All of these people being laid off we're going to get called back eventually if the businesses survived. The ones that didn't, of course, you know, those people had to rely on the government. And and Joe Biden and the Democrats in control of the Congress were only too happy to continue to give them more government resources, you know, giving them extended unemployment coverage, giving them un- unemployment supplements and so forth. People got used to just hanging around and not having to work for their money until it was gone. And eventually when it gets gone, what do people do? I got to go back to work now. And then they say, look, we created a job. No, you didn't. We got millions and millions of unfilled jobs because you incentivize people to stay home. Now that they actually have to go back to work because the money's run out, you're claiming, look what we did. We created a job for them. Mm -hmm. No, you didn't. And that kind of stuff just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, too. Um, And, you know, the, the evidence of that you already hit is two quarters in a row of negative economic growth. 1.6% the first quarter, 
uh, 0.9% in the second quarter. And frankly, if our exports weren't up, um, that number would have been even higher. So the indication of productivity and economic health, um, both of those indicators show that we're going backwards. And here's the other piece to add to what you're saying. Workforce participation is still about 1.3% down. What that means is that the people who are able to work aren't. So when you look at what happened with COVID, people left the job market quickly, but what's happened because they are draining their 401ks, they're you know living off, off savings, they're living on stimmy checks for a while, they didn't just come back into the market at a certain time. So they've trickled you know into the market over Biden's administration, and as you said, he takes credit for it. But the challenge that uh, nobody in that White House really wants to talk about is what workers are, are coming back to. And, um, you know, they're coming back to inflation and, and necessities being higher than they've been in 40 years. They're stepping into jobs where companies are understaffed. And by the way, uh, the paycheck today is about 3.5% to 4.3% lower in real dollars than it was a year ago. That's the full picture. That's important. Yeah, that's that's well said. Full picture. There are some of these other things that are snapshots, but you are not getting the full picture until you hear those stats as well. We're talking to Jack Windsor, the founder of the Ohio Press Network. He is also, of course, our State House correspondent uh, in Columbus, working for us here on AM 1420. The answer. A couple of other stories to to get into, and then of course we'll follow up on uh, the Mar-a-Lago discussion that you and I and Lad Dilgard had yesterday. But um, you you point out, or there's an article rather in the uh, Press Network about Ohio Republican delegates not being sold on the Inflation Reduction Act. Jack, just speak to that part of it, just that title. What in a bill that is, you know, $740 billion worth of spending, um, a bulk of which goes to green energy uh, 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 agenda items, I guess, or, or policies, if you will, and then the hiring $80, $80 billion of, uh, of new IRS agents, what amongst any of that is supposed to reduce inflation? It sounds like they just slapped a label on this to say, look what we're doing to combat inflation, even though every economist in America says this has nothing to do with inflation reduction. Yeah, I think Bob Gibbs from the delegation may have put it the best, and I'm not giving you this verbatim, uh, but he said something along the lines of, if we created a Unicorn Procurement Act, that Unicorn Procurement Act would do about a, as good of a job of procuring unicorns as this Inflation Reduction Act is doing at reducing inflation. I love that. The reality is <laughs> they're, they're increasing the tax burden by over $700 billion. And they're, they're putting 87,000 IRS agents in the field. They're, so what does that mean? That, that, that can only mean that they're going to double down, triple down, quadruple down on squeezing blood from a turnip. I've said that three times now. And that's the part uh, that's really interesting. But also, by the way, um, you know, this is on the heels of the, um, the CHIPS Act which um, is, is going to allocate $200 billion um, to the semiconductor industry. And in my conversation with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, he said, no, there aren't really any guardrails on that money to ensure that, that companies are, um, you know, imagining uh, their product, producing their product here in America. Um, so this administration just continues to, to spend money. Um, they're giving money away under the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, essentially for 
um, you know, the Obamacare um, uh, break so that people can buy more health insurance. Um, now, they do tell us that they're going to renegotiate some d- drug prices um, and that that's going to help save some money. But um, I don't see it. This is another one of those. Um, we're going to call it the opposite of what it is. Um, and, you know, some people aren't buying it. Um, in fact, I think a lot of people aren't buying it. We're talking to Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network. I'm not buying it, uh, and I agree with you. A whole lot of other people aren't buying it as well. It is, uh, it is just complete. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's Kabuki theater. It's a dog and pony show. Call it what you want, uh, but it is simply not inflation reduction. I think Dan Bongino phrased it best to call it inflation production because it will increase. It will produce more inflation, not reduction, but production um, over the course of the next two years, according to all economists, including that Penn Wharton uh, budget uh, school of budget. So, uh, Jack. The last thing I want to talk about is um, obviously, you know, a follow up on what we did yesterday, talking about what was done to President Trump. Uh, what we didn't talk about yesterday is what we just found out last night is that um, Representative Scott Perry, the chair of the House Freedom Caucus, had his phone seized by the FBI under warrant yesterday. Uh, and it was literally the day after the um, uh, the raid of Mar-a-Lago, and everybody's wondering, what is it about? Was the raid on Mar-a-Lago about uh, art, national archives and classified documents that were taken, or was, is, was it about January 6th? The fact that Perry was the first... Uh, one of the first targets of the January 6th committee uh, mm-hmm. in, in subpoenaing him to speak. Now they come and grab his phone. It it, it kind of tells me now we know what they're looking for. They're looking for some documentation, anything they can find in any of Trump's personal documents in that home that can tie him to other people like Perry and others, uh, maybe indicating some sort of a knowledge ahead of time of what was going to happen on January 6th so that they can continue to try to indict and ultimately prosecute him for, um, for spearheading that quote-unquote insurrection. That's my read just by finding out that they came after Perry right after they raided mm-hmm. Mar-a-Lago. What is yours? So my read is uh, <laughs> I'm confused. I had a good conversation uh, with uh, a renowned defense attorney yesterday in the Columbus, Ohio area, Brad Koffel. And, you know, Brad is not only an attorney, um, he's somewhat of a historian, uh, you know, he's very astute politically. And we were just kind of talking through, first of all, the idea that, that Joe Biden has no clue. He called that an absolute joke. Um, you know, saying that uh, the FBI director, um, Christopher Ray and uh, the attorney general, Merrick Garland, would have had to have signed off on the warrant. And then they would have had to go before a federal judge, probably behind closed doors, and convince that judge that, yeah, you know, we're going to find X, Y and Z there. And that's why you need to sign off on this search warrant. And so then you start going, OK. If that's the, the premise under which they obtained the search warrant, um, how do you get from point A there to point B, uh, what happened with Perry yesterday? Mm-hmm. Because the way this thing was framed was that there were about 15 boxes of information that President Trump took uh, to his residence from the White House. And by the way, as President uh, Koffel talked about this, he said, now, if he were still the sitting president, he has the authority to declassify any information. So if he declassified that information and took it with him, you know, tough cookie, right? If he didn't, okay, is there an infraction there? Then I guess we'll find out. But usually there's an arrest warrant before, um, or excuse me, there are charges before, uh, you know, they, they unseal 
the indictment and, and some of these documents. And so we still really don't know. Uh, but when I talk to people like Congressman Warren Davidson, I've talked with J.D. Vance, I've talked with Brad Koffel, um, trying to get um, with Trump's former uh, in, intelligence director to get some more information. But the overwhelming uh, message that I'm getting is this is what you just said a few minutes ago. It's kabuki theater. It is um, a grasp at, tra- at straws. It's, it's a desperate attempt um, by the establishment uh, to show everybody, hey, you don't come against the status quo. If you do, we're coming at you full, you know, full barrels here. And I think that is the overall attitude. It'll be interesting to see once this warrant uh, and is unsealed, and if there is an indictment, if it's unsealed, um, what we'll find. But I, Bob, at this point, I would only be throwing darts blindfolded if I pretended to know. Yeah, but you know what we we do know is that there is a protocol that's supposed to be followed in these things. You outlined some of it there, but we you know we heard Alan Dershowitz talk about it. I've seen Jonathan Turley talk about it as well. Now these are non-Republican, non-Trump supporters who are believers in the Constitution and the rule of law and the protocols, and appointing a special counsel to investigate and thus go in and subpoena and 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 look through these records would be the way to go. Uh, you know, actually just asking President Trump, do you have boxes of of classified documents in your home? We would like to see them please is the first way to go if he won't do it then you subpoena those you know there are a number of different things you do but they all say that the last resort is sending the fbi to the home uh and raiding it uh and then breaking into a safe to see what's in there too again without even explaining what they were looking for uh without allowing the attorneys or anybody else to be present on the premises uh, it just reeks of political theater. It reeks of we want to put this on TV. We need to get live coverage, helicopters overhead, the raid on Mar-a-Lago to make it look like the pre- former president of the United States is a stone-cold criminal. That, to me, is what they were trying to do here. Uh, they didn't have to do it the way they did it. They wanted to, wanted to do it the way they did it, Jack. I think they did want to. And, you know, I talked with some people yesterday uh, on background. Uh, who are well-connected nationally, and I got uh, essentially the same statement from both of them, and they said, hey, you know, we run in circles where there are people who can appreciate what Donald Trump did at a policy level. They don't really like him as a person. They think he's a narcissist. They think, you know, he makes it about him. He needs to move on, so on and so forth. But they both said in a roundabout way, this incident, uh, this was the Rubicon. This was uh, Fonzie jumping the shark. This is the point at which people go, for the love of God, are you going to leave this man alone? And not only that, but I think it has re-energized Trump's base. I think it has made some people who looked at him and kind of went, all right, I like your policy. I don't like your attitude. Go, okay, I get it now. They've been relentless uh, against him. I think it's actually going to tremendously hurt the Democrats going into November and in 2024. And I think Donald Trump is probably uh, on the verge of declaring his candidacy, uh, but we'll see how how this all shakes out. I think he'll wait until after the uh, the midterms. I do. I think he knows that right now to declare is the wrong time. It's going to take so much attention from what still is, despite what's going on, uh, really strong Republican momentum on the heels of all of these things. I don't think he wants to get in the way of that uh, for those who are trying to take back the uh, the House and the Senate. But we'll see. And by the way, Jack Windsor, I normally agree with almost everything you said, but I'm a little offended by your, your insulting remark about Fonzie and that shark. I happen to think that was badass. Okay? <laughs> 
Dude in a leather jacket in the jukebox, man. Come on. In a leather jacket and wearing motorcycle boots on the water skis, jumping a great white in a cage. Man, don't 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 come at me, me with that, okay? We're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna throw. I happen to think that Fonz is about the baddest day that there was. Uh, and uh, for people who think that was the end of a great series, no 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 no, that was the pinnacle. That's why they ended it after that, because that was the pinnacle. Jack Windsor, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Bob. Thank you. Talk to you soon. 1129, news time now. Back after on Always Right Radio. Spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. 11.38 now as we uh, enter the final segment of the broadcast this Wednesday. Do not forget, we got Bill O coming up. Uh, he'll take you to the top of the hour. Top of the hour, you're going to get some Charlie Kirk, then some Dennis Prager, and they're going to have more and more coverage of this uh, assault on the American people and, quite frankly, on American democracy. Joe is in Westlake next. Hi, Joe. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Bob. There's one thing that unites Biden's attack on the middle class, the FBI's attack on Trump and the U.S.'s dangerous biolabs and actions in Ukraine, and that's that the administrative state has evolved over decades to reach a state of momentum where they no longer act rationally to achieve their goals. They only use force and fraud. The U.S. uh, bureaucrats worship their supposed technocratic superiority, just like the Nazis worship their supposed uh, racial superiority, they're both wrong. We need to worship God. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Joe. Very well said. Uh, let's go to uh, Bob in North Royalton next. Bob, go right ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. Are you there? Rob, Robert in North Royalton going once. Bob in North Royalton going twice. And I'm sorry to say that is thrice. Thank you for trying, though. Chuck in Maple Heights next. Hi, Chuck. Go ahead. All right, do we have Chuck? Maybe we have Bob. There we Bob, go. How are you today? Hey, good show, man, as always. Thank uh, you. Real quick, when I was a young person, I always was proud of the Department of Justice and how they did great things to make our country better, and the FBI and the great agents and how they really work together to be you make your country great. And what's happened in these last years has made me sick to my stomach. People haven't even talked about what happened with the FBI involving themselves in that case of Gretchen Whitmer and that deduction and all that of supposed attempt that they were going to take her and hide her and do all. Remember that? And them guys all got off. There was all mistrials. And then they took the guy who was running the FBI part of it and shipped them to Washington. And they are so bad and so compromised by the left now that I now announce that they are not the FBI. They are the left FBI. That's what they've become to me. And that is disappointing as an American, no matter what side you're on, that one political party has manipulated a company, a group to represent all of us, and took them over to their side. And now it's like, look what we could do. Look who we got on our side. Guess what? This all needs to change, and it starts on the, in November at the beginning. You people need to go work the polls. People need to help each other out. You need to spread good word. I'm working the polls. I already took two days off. I'm going to go there and make sure as best as I can that it's properly counted. One way or the other. If it's more Democrat votes and they're trying to cheat them, no. I want it done the right way so we can be proud Americans. Now what we got 
Can you imagine the you other know, people in other countries looking and seeing that a former president was housed, was ro- attacked, and charged in and did everything, took his safe and all this stuff? How disgusting, man. How disgusting. Have a great day. Thank you. I appreciate the call, and I like it. You're right. The, the FBI is now the left BI. They are. There's no question. They've been weaponized, and I'm not saying that they will always be so. But as long as they are run by under a pre- they are they're run by an attorney general that's appointed by a Democrat president. That is exactly what the threat is. Barack Obama's uh, uh, D- uh, uh, attorney general, leader of the DOJ, and thus the FBI. Eric Holder did that, made sure of it. Obviously, the same thing is happening now with Biden and Merrick Garland. The FBI, even though Christopher Wray was appointed by President Trump, which, by the way, is another one of President Trump's you know, uh, mistakes. I mean, his, if there's any condemnation in my mind of President Trump as president, with all the wonderful things he did, terrible judge of character, terrible judge of character in appointing some people in positions that had no business being appointed. He had to make those, uh, correct those mistakes multiple times. Secretaries of state, secretaries of defense, uh, even press secretaries for crying out loud. And yes, FBI director, big mistake. But Chris Ray is answering to Merrick Garland. And Merrick Garland, of course, is doing exactly what Joe Biden and the left Democrats uh, want him to do. And that's a shame. Thank you. Uh, Yanina in University Heights next. Hi, Yanina. Go yes, ahead. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I love the story. And listen to that. I don't want to take too much of the time. It's being so very crazy, very, very hectic. Just one sentence. The person who approved Ray to Mar-a-Lago, it's a Bruce Reinhardt. He's a Democrat. He's always donating money to Obama. And I received Analyzing America show. And he was donating money every time he was donating $1,000. And he was the one who approved Ray to Mar-a-Lago. Bruce Reinhardt. Also, he was dealing with all the people from Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Yanina, about both of those things. And here's the one oddity about this, but it's not odd when you think about it. And thank you for the phone call. He donated $1,000 to Barack Obama on two different occasions, which says a lot. But you know what else he did? He donated $500 in 2016 to Jeb Bush, the same Jeb Bush that was just destroyed, had his political career ended by Donald J. Trump. So clearly he is against Trump. He is an anti-Trumper. He's a pro-Democrat. And obviously, when it comes to Republicans, he was anti-Trump and pro-Jeb Bush. But he is clearly a biased, non-partisan, uh, or excuse me, partisan, rather, jurist, uh, not a uh, not a non-partisan judge, which they're, they're supposed to be. Thank you so much, Ianina, for the call. I'm out of time. I can't take any others. Great conversations today all the way around. I appreciate that very much. Uh, tomorrow we've got Dr. Everett Piper, Representative Warren Davidson will be on with us as well, and uh, so will Congressman Troy Nels. Be with us then. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.